How can you cultivate the courage to chart your own course, to take the road less traveled and define success on your terms? Have you ever found yourself following the norm, taking the expected path, conforming without stopping to say, hey, wait, does this really make sense for me? What if we could learn from a young woman how to turn traditional ways of defining success upside down? In this episode of The Whole Woman's Way, I learned from high school senior Olivia Barnes what it means to set yourself up to be a whole woman. She's so wise, so intuitive, and she has more courage and clarity than many women I know. She's writing a book, self-schooling, and creating a non-traditional path that is awe-inspiring. Listen in. Welcome to this episode of The Whole Woman's Way, The Road Less Traveled, Redefining Success on Your Terms. The Whole Woman's Way is a soul-expanding and mind-shifting path to being a woman in today's complex world. And this podcast is for women of all generations, all stages, all backgrounds to connect, explore, and embrace how to effortlessly and graciously do it all. Live your goals and dreams on your terms. Be wildly successful at work, in your career, have nourishing relationships, raise great kids if that's the path you choose, and feel deeply fulfilled. Yes, it is possible. Find out more at the whole womansway.com. That's wholewomansway.com. And now I'm excited to introduce to you my guest, Olivia Barnes. Olivia is a 17-year-old high school senior, competitive swimmer, and daughter of our dear friends, Matt and Anne Barnes. Matt is an advocate for kids of all backgrounds to get the best education and succeed at work and in life. Anne is a Harvard grad, chief health officer at Harris County Health. Olivia is self-schooling, pursuing a career in marine conservation, and yes, she's writing a book. You heard that right. I have always been amazed at her and her siblings' wisdom, maturity, and strong sense of self. She is a beautiful and inspiring example of an emerging whole woman. Welcome, welcome, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so exciting. You're my youngest guest, and I think <laughs> people are just going to be blown away. How <laughs> women, young women of your age, have so much wisdom. So let's just dive right in. From the perspective of a high school senior about to launch into the big wild world, what does it mean to you to be a whole woman? Yeah. Um, so this answer sort of has a twofold part. Um, and for me, the first part is embracing and accepting. Um, the uncertainties of life. Um, so that's something that I've struggled with a lot. Um, I have always tried, I think, I, I think I'm a perfectionist. So I've always tried to, you know, control the outcomes, have that picture perfect lifestyle. Um, but over these past few years, as I've tried to start self-directing my learning and building my own learning plan, as you um, mentioned, one of the things that I've tried to focus on is really accepting the uncertainties of life. Um, and one of the ways that I think it makes it 
one of the ways in which I visualize it, what makes it easier for me to really um, accept that, that uncertainty is visualizing life as an ocean. I love the ocean, so I'll probably mention it a lot during this podcast. Um, but for me, seeing life as an ocean is, um, it's, it, it helps me because I love the ocean. But with the ocean comes a lot of uncertainty. You know, the ocean is never the same twice on any two given days, right? It's always changing. Um, but you just learn how to roll with the waves, roll with the wind and the currents. Um, you learn how to adapt to um, the different conditions that the ocean gives you on each particular day. And so sort of internalizing that and realizing that I already had the skills to roll with uncertainty and accept uncertainty and embrace the adventure that comes from um, the unknown. Um, I really tried to build um, my skill set of, you know, controlling how I respond to situations and how I respond to, um, yeah, um, different things in life, but not getting so caught up on trying to control it that it overwhelms the process. Um, so yeah, that is my, one of the first, and the second thing, um, is probably embracing, uh, each person's unique difference. I think I talked to you about this a little before, um, yeah, but for me, something that I really internalized is embracing the unique things that make each person themselves. Um, and I think it's hard in this world. I think you talked about this in your intro. It's hard in this world whenever um, social media and um, different you know, movies and TV shows and different sources are all telling women to conform to this image of what a woman should be. Um, but going back to the ocean, if you think about the ocean, it has so many different parts, you know, it has, you know, the Caribbean pristine waters, it has the Arctic waters, it has coral reefs and trenches and, um, kelp forests, all these different parts make the ocean as magnificent and powerful and beautiful as it is. Um, and if you think about it, if you take away one aspect of that ocean, it's not going to be as powerful as, um, as, as, um, supportive as it is to our world, um, as it is, if it has all the pieces together. So that's what I think about whenever I think about embracing our differences, you know, if we take a quirk or a gift, whatever you want to call it, and we hide it because the world says, Oh no, don't do that. You have to conform to this idea. Then we're not truly accepting the beautiful women that, um, whether you believe in that God created us to be, whether you think that fate created us to be, whatever you believe, um, if we take those parts away and hide it and don't embrace um, the differences that make us us, then we're not truly um, being the whole women that we could be. Um, and so those are those are the two things that I think for me really represents a whole woman, embracing um, the uncertainty of life and rolling with the adventure that it brings and um, accepting your differences. I love that. Embracing the uncertainty of life and roll with the waves, did you say? Yeah. I love that. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I love the ocean. The ocean is sort of very soothing for my soul. Yeah. And one of the things I've come to learn about the ocean is it can be treacherous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you never know what you're going to get. And yeah. in perfect conditions, it's so relaxing and soothing and in imperfect conditions you need strength to be able to 
you know, keep your, hold your ground, otherwise you get dumped. And it's kind of like the world that we're living in now. Yep. If you haven't cultivated the strength or the muscles to be able to deal with the unpredictability and the strength of the waves, you could get dumped. I mean, I remember times I've gotten dumped in the ocean and my swimsuit has gotten like full of sand, you know, <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, beautiful. So let's switch from there and talk about success. Now, oftentimes we define success by the size of a house, the size of a bank account, a title, the college we went to, the big name company we work for. And this can fill us up and create joy and fulfillment, sometimes just temporarily. But for those of us who look deeper, we realize that success isn't all that. It comes from something completely different. So as a high school senior, creating your own learning path and charting your course in the world, how are you defining success? And how did you get to that very unique definition of success that you have? Yeah. Um, so for me, defining success is, um, yeah, success is impacting people in positive ways. Um, so whether that's one person, whether that's a hundred people, um, impacting people in positive ways is how I define like a successful life. And the way I got there it's interesting because I, I grew up thinking of success just like everyone else. I thought of it um, specifically in swimming, thought of it as getting the fast time or going to meet, winning the gold, you know, things like that. And it, you know, it, it becomes really overwhelming because eventually you begin to realize that success is unattainable. But because there's this idea that that is what that like, that's how you, what you have to do for life. That's where you're going to I mean, that's success for life. People are always try, trying to get there, but you, you never can really get there. And even if you do, even if you do, I don't know, win the gold or set the record, um, like you said, that, that joy that comes from achieving the very um, shallow definition of success is very limited. Um, and there's, there's a quote that I've heard that I really love. It says, um, I, don't, I, I don't know who it's by, which is sad, but um, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but I hope that everyone can become rich and famous so that they realize that it's not worth it. Oh my um, gosh. I love that. I, I hope that I, everyone can become rich and famous so they discover that it's not worth it. So they know it's not worth it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Love that. Um, and I think that's really, I think it's really powerful because, you know, we get all caught up thinking that that's what we have to, that's what we have to, that's what we have to do. That's what we have to be. Um, and so if, I think the big, one of the big defining moments where my, definition of success changed was at a swim meet. Um, it was a champ swim meet. I think I was sophomore year of high school. Um, and so get, just setting the stage for you. I am the fastest female sprinter on our swim team. Um, I've gone to a lot more meets than a lot of other people. So I, there's a res, almost a responsibility that I have to swim fast all the time. Right. Um, which is, I mean, I can't control swimming fast all the time. Um, but when I was sophomore year, that's what I thought I had to be. I had to be fast. I had to be fast to be fast. So I was at this champs meet. Um, I was in the finals. I did really poorly. I think I came in last and I added a bunch of time. It was really embarrassing. Um, and I just remember touching and seeing the scoreboard and, you know, I just felt this weight in my chest. Like, oh my gosh, I just, I just failed in a sense because I didn't go as fast as I thought I should have. Um, 
Um, and so I, I started climbing out of the water. And before I talk about getting out of the water, I want to back up. So my dad, um, amazing person, whenever me and my siblings started swimming, I was like six years old. He told us, he grounded in us this idea that we had to think we like where we were was not because of us, but because of other people. So um, every time we got out of the water, we would thank the timers who were not paid. They were volunteers or parents or friends and the officials. Um, and so that was just a habit I developed since I was like six. And so at that champs meet, um, when I did really poorly, I climbed into the water and it was just instinct. I looked over the timer and I said, thank you for timing me. Um, and I didn't respect her. I didn't expect um, her to say anything back or her to have a reaction. But I remember so vividly, she just looked up at me and she, her face just lit up and she was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much. Like, that's so sweet. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, so many kids just climb into the water and walk right off. Like probably 200, 200 to 500 kids um, just climbed right out of the water, didn't even acknowledge her. Um, and, you know, in that moment, I was like, wow, I just made a positive impact in this woman's life. You know, I, I, I thanked her for what she was doing for me where other people weren't and it made a difference. And so that was one of the defining moments where I began to question what a success isn't going a certain time or going to a certain meet. What if it's making it like an impact on people's lives? So now every time I go to a meet, um, I crouch behind the blocks. Um, I put my head down and I say a prayer not to have a good race, but to impact people positively, whether it's through the race or through something else. Um, and I think, you know, it doesn't, my prayer doesn't really impact the race. You know, I, 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 I pray and I do well, or I don't do well, but it does impact how I treat people after I'm done swimming. Wow. Um, and so I, I really tried to carry that, you know, with me, like, okay, if I can impact just one person in a positive way, then my life has purpose, you know, then my life has meaning. Um, and maybe that impact is small or maybe it's big. I don't really know, but yeah. So that, that is, that is sort of the process to where, uh, I am now of defining successes, um, the positive impact I make in other people's lives. Amazing. I absolutely love it. I mean, <clears throat> it's those small little moments, isn't it? It's that little moment where you think you're just doing the right thing and it right. could be a game changer and life altering for someone. And I think yeah. in this world, sometimes we're looking for the big moments, mm -hmm. you know, and we, we skip over or we miss the small moments where we can really show kindness, respect, caring. Right that really has impact. And I love that your perspective about success is about those small moments. It's not yeah. about the big, big win, right? Yeah, it's yeah. about the small moments where you have impact. So right. beautiful. So one of the things you said about what it means to you to be a whole woman is to sort of embrace diversity and difference and sort of roll with the waves. And in that context, I know most people of your age will go to traditional high school, follow the school curriculum, you know, the tried and true course. Mm -hmm. You've chosen a different path that has some different waves, <laughs> some uncertainty, right. kind of going against the stream in some ways. So Tell us about why you chose a different path and you're not attending a traditional high school. 
And how do you figure out in your self-directed learning, you're sort of self-schooling, you're creating your own curriculum, how do you figure out what to learn and where to find it? Because most people would go to a school, they would be told what to learn, and right, they would be given the resources, and then they'd be tested on it, and you're just out there in this huge ocean on your own. So how do you do that? Yeah. Um, so starting with the first question, um, I actually, my freshman year in high school, I went to a um, traditional public, well, traditional in some sense. Um, it was a five-day week um, public school, um, the high school for the performing and visual arts here in Houston. It was amazing. Um, so many talented kids. And it was just, it was really cool just like walking down the hallways and hearing the instrumentalists and seeing the dancers in their studios and seeing the like the paintings on the walls. It was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. Um, but one of the things that I really had an issue with was how rigid the structure was. Um, like you just said, they tell you what to learn. They tell you when to learn it. They tell you how to learn it. And then they grade you not based on if you've learned, but on how you do on a test. You know, I was, I was a great student, but part of the reason why I was a great student is because I learned how to be a good test taker. I would memorize material. I'm, a, I'm really good at memorizing. So I'd memorize material, spit it back out on the test, get really good grades. And I would forget it in like three months or two months. Like it was, it was, and I was, you know, I was just thinking about it. I was like, okay, what is this contributing to? And, you know, going back to your, I, my, or your previous question on the idea of success, I kept asking myself, like, like, how am I contributing to the world? How am I? And yes, I was trying to be nice to my teachers, nice to my classmates, but I was like, okay, like I already had a calling for marine conservation. Like how, how is me sitting in the classroom memorizing stuff and then word vomiting and back onto the test? How is that going to help the, I mean, the ocean? Um, and so I, I, I decided to leave that traditional public school and start um, self-directing my learning. Sophomore year, I um, sort of built my own learning style through several different institutions to create um, a learning style that was uniquely challenging to my abilities and my interests. And then junior and senior year, I went completely self-directed. Um, and so, yes, it's, it is, it's lonely in the sense that I am, I don't know what anyone else is doing what I'm doing. Um, but you know, I, I've met so many interesting people, um, through this experience that I wouldn't have met otherwise that, Part of it's lonely, but part of it's also so much more engaging than the traditional environment. Um, yeah, and so I, I think I think for me, um, so I don't know if you are aware of this, but there's a species called the Quitas. Um, they live in the Sea of Cortez. Um, there's maybe 20 to 10 left in the wild, um, and they're being seriously overfished, or not overfished, but they're being caught in um, bycatch and in drift nets and things like that critically endangered um and you know part of me is like okay if i if i keep waiting if i go to school high school then i go to college then i go to grad school what if they're all gone by the time i'm done you know um and i i i completely understand the need for or the perceived need for school but i also understand that it is possible to change the world without a degree um, and so that is sort of where I'm going. I, 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 
I jumped right in. Um, and I have taken a little bit of a detour, um, junior year. Um, but that is, you know, my ultimate goal is to be a Marine conservationist and to really try to see if I can help, help our world, maybe if not appreciate the ocean, like I do, um, have a balance between how we interact with the ocean. And I think, I, I think I sort of went off track from your question. Perfect. I love it. All right. So you are out there charting your own course. You're not going to traditional school. You may or may not go to a traditional college and follow a traditional course of study, but you're so driven by your sense of purpose and what success means to you that you're just creating your own path and a path less traveled by far. So let's take a moment and pause and consider and ask people who are listening to this podcast, how are you defining your success? What are the most important measures you're using on a day-to-day basis? And then to what degree is your measurement of success a source of deep, sustainable, fulfillment. All right, so let's go into part two of the question. So you are on this road less travel path. You're out there doing your own thing in your way. And when you go against the norm, There has to be some worry, potentially doubt, angst, and people who question your decisions. And when people question your decisions, that can provoke the doubt, pressure to go the traditional route. So tell us, where have you experienced this? And how do you deal with the pressure of society or maybe even particular people in your world, in your life are saying, Olivia, you really ought to take the traditional path. Right, right. Um, yeah, so um, I, have, I have received some pushback. I mean, I think it's only natural because the, the path that I'm on is so untraditional and it's so uncertain that I think a lot of people um, my grandparents particularly look at my learning style, my learning path, and they're like, okay, how are you going to get a job? How are you going to like provide income for yourself? You know, for them, they grew up in a time where being an African-American woman, woman without a degree, without a job was, you, you had nothing. Right. Um, and so I, I, I think they don't, I haven't fully realized that the world has changed, if not fully, um, to like, um, to accept people who are untraditional. It has changed enough where being untraditional is possible. Um, and so I think, I think it's hard for them to sort of wrap my, their minds around that. Um, but I just, I just, I, you know, being a believer, um, I think about what I think that God has put on my heart. Um, and for me, from a very young age, God has put on my heart to be a marine conservationist. Um, and, you know, whether that was through a traditional path or whether it's through the path that I'm taking now, um, I, I don't really know if I don't want, I don't want to speak like God. But I don't I don't I don't know if 
either path matters, but this is a path that I've chosen. Um, it's a path that I have seen amazing results on. Um, and I, I, I think for them, for people who don't necessarily, or can't necessarily, I don't want to say can't, but haven't appreciated or wrapped their head around the fact that I am truly passionate about where I'm going. And I think that it is something that God has called me to do. I just try to remind them that I'm, I am going to be okay, regardless of what happens. Um, and I, I'm not going to use um, the name, but there's a friend of mine who went bankrupt at like, I don't know, 30 or something like that. And was in a huge financial crisis and struggling. Um, but now at like 53, um, he is about to retire and travel the world and he is financially independent. And so I just think about that. I use, I like, I use that example. I'm okay. There's this guy who went bankrupt at 30. Um, and now he's financially independent and retired at 50. Um, the worst that can happen for me is this path doesn't lead anywhere. So I go back around and I go to college. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it would be a detour. I don't, I don't, reg- I wouldn't regret that detour because it would be an amazing detour. I'd learn a ton. I'd make a ton of connections. Um, but I just try to use that as an example for people who just have this anxiety or fear that if I don't do what the world tells me to do, that I won't ever amount to anything or I'll never be able to do anything. I'll never be able to change the world. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to my sister about this the other day and I said this before, I was like, since when in the history of the world have we needed a degree to change the world? Right. Like why is, why is it, why is a degree the deciding factor on who gets to help make the world a better place? Um, and I know that a degree is a way to help standardize people. Um, but I also know that I've learned a ton without height, like without traditional high school. Um, and so, yeah, and I think I've, I think I've gone a little bit outside of your question, but that is, that is sort of, um, for people who challenge the idea that being untraditional has any value. Um, I just try to remind them that if it doesn't have value, I'll find a way around it. Figure it out. I'll figure it out. You'll just take a little turn. I love the concept of the detour, Olivia. Yeah. We're all taking detours all of the time in our life and you're just taking a detour that sometimes people wouldn't and it takes so much courage and I really honor you for that so let's take a pause and consider here and ask people invite people who listen to this podcast to ponder the question where are you challenging the norm where would you like to challenge the norm and take the road less traveled and what would it take to do that and I ask that because I think for many of us There may be an area of our life where we want to take the road less traveled and do things differently. And we don't for various reasons. And so hopefully listening to your story, Olivia, will inspire people that, yep, you can take the road less traveled. So I know you're writing a book and uh, I'm going to go into our sort of closing segment of last three questions. And maybe you can talk about your book as your um, 
your cause, your project, the opportunity that you're most passionate about. So just really briefly tell us about what you're writing about so we can all look out for it. Yeah. Um, so I am writing a book. Um, its title is Overlapping Worlds, and it explores how nature can support the mental health of elite athletes. So it's a very unique and specific um, sort of topic. Um, but the sort of how I got to this, it's, it's pretty interesting. So my junior, uh, well, junior year of high school, I don't even know if I can call it junior year because I'm very untraditional, but junior year of high school, um, my dad showed me this program and he's like, okay, this is a book writing program. It's super interesting. You need to check it out. You need to see if you can write a book. I was like, okay. So I checked it out. It seemed really interesting, but I was like, what would I write a book on? I didn't really have any specific topic that came to mind. I was thinking maybe marine conservation, but I was like, I don't know if I know enough about that. Um, and so I researched the program and one of the questions they asked was get three things, get three topics and make an intersection. What would that intersection be? And so I thought about it for a while. Um, and I was interested to write a book. So, you know, it's, that's pretty cool. Also the learning experience, that would be amazing. Um, and then it was like, it lined up perfectly. It was, it was pretty amazing, but over the, like the span of two weeks, maybe um, I saw one the trailer to Michael Phelps's documentary, The Weight of Gold, which talks about um, the mental health struggles that a lot of Olympic athletes face and how challenging it is to be an elite level athlete. And then like two weeks later, I saw a LinkedIn post that talked about how there have been studies that showed that nature um, can have profoundly positive impacts on the mind and it can help people with their mental health. Um, and being a sports lover and being a nature lover, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is the overlap. This is it. Um, and so that's, that was the overlap that I chose. And, um, I started researching it and I fell in love with the topic. I met a ton of really interesting people. Um, and yeah, it's, I think because it's so specific, it was really interesting to, learn about because there's not a lot of people who have done that overlap before. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that is, that is the, um, the topic of the book. Um, I am almost done with the revision phase. I think a month and a half I'm going to publish. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been an amazing, amazing journey, meeting people, researching, writing, there's a ton of writing. Um, I mean, as, as you would expect, it's a book, but it's, it's a lot more than I, <laughs> I wrote like 50,000 words in three months or something like that, which is crazy. Um, but, oh man, by far an amazing use of time, um, an amazing learning experience. And to be frankly honest, it's a, it's a detour from the path of being a marine biologist. You know, like this book does not have any, any real bearing on marine conservation. Um, but it was a topic that I found really interesting. And it was a topic that I thought could actually help athletes like myself who struggle with mental illness. So, you know, like this is a way in which you can help strengthen, reinforce and maintain strong mental health so that you can be a better athlete, be a better person, have a more enjoyable and fulfilled life. Um, so Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. We'll look forward to reading it. Yeah. Okay, one quick soundbite. One idea you want to leave our listeners with to inspire them to be whole. Yes. So I think I'm going to go back to um, what I said at the very beginning of this podcast. 
um, embracing your differences. Mm -hmm. This is something that I really have taken to heart because our world has pressed into this idea that conforming is the way to go. Um, But because, you know, and I don't really know how to say this. If we, if we embrace our differences, um, we can change the world. If we be like everyone else, the world's not going to change. And I think that if everyone contributes a gift or an idea um, to help change this world for the better, we can go, it can go a long, long way. Um, And I know that there are so many people out there who have gifts and talents um, that are so special and are so needed, but because of this idea that you have to be this type of person, a lot of those gifts and talents and ideas sort of fade away. Um, And so I really want people to, I really want to inspire people and encourage people to embrace those unique differences that make them them. Um, And there's this quote by St. Catherine of Siena that says, um, be who God made you to be and you will set the world on fire. And I just, I love that quote because I think, I think it's true. We are who we were created to be. I think we can really help this world. Um, so beautiful. If we embrace our differences, we can change the world. Love that. Where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, so two major places I'm on LinkedIn on Instagram. Um, my handle on Instagram is O underscore grace underscore B. Um, and then I'm also on YouTube, although not very uh, regularly. Um, my YouTube channel is Black Life Blue World. Um, and I just um, post videos about the different things that I'm doing in my self-directed learning experiences that includes painting and writing and swimming and um, yeah, different things like that. So beautiful. O underscore Grace underscore B as in boy. Yes. Okay. yes. Wow. I hope you in all enjoy this podcast as much as I did. What an inspiring conversation. I was totally riveted and engaged. And I kept thinking back to when I was 17 and how I followed a very traditional path. And if maybe I hadn't, what, you know, remember there, there was the movie, A Sliding Doors. I don't know if you've mm. seen it, where you open one door, you take one path, your life turns out one way. You open yeah. the door, take a different path your life turns out completely differently. Please rate, review, comment, and share this beautiful story and podcast with Olivia so that we can spark a conversation for women all around the world to be whole. We want to start a movement. Go to wholewomensway.com to join our discussion board. Olivia, hopefully you'll jump on there and interact and share with people. Be invited to mentoring sessions and get special invitations and podcast alerts. And be sure to visit sandyash.com, S-A-N-D-Y-A-S-C-H.com for information about women in leadership keynotes, resilience leadership programs, and strategies to create great places to work. And I have so much passion, especially about emerging young leaders and women in leadership. And you said it so beautifully several times today, Olivia, if we all just embraced our differences and took the path that was on our heart, used all of our gifts and talents, we would create such a beautiful world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It was a total joy. Thank you.